0: Hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better-educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could join me today. Today is the first day of August, and we are entering the dog days of summer. Actually, I'm a little late here because according to the Old Farmer's Almanac, the dog days of summer are traditionally the 40 days beginning on July 3rd and ending August 11th. I thought it was just the time of year when the dog was laying around on the porch panting because it was so darn hot outside. And I guess it is, but it also used to coincide with the rising of Sirius. Well, the rising of Sirius at sunrise. Sirius, the star, not the radio service, is the brightest star in the sky, if you don't count the sun, and is one of the stars in a group of stars that form the constellation Canis major, meaning greater dog. People used to believe that the rise of Sirius in the sun made for the scorching heat. What's that got to do with investing? Well, not much. But today, we're going to be looking at investing dogs, specifically dogs of the Dow, which is a value strategy that's been around for about 30 years or so. If you aren't familiar with it, well, stay tuned. We're also going to be talking about when your growth goes kaput. I hate when that happens. Last week, the markets were mixed. The S&P and the Dow posted gains, but the NASDAQ, read tech stocks, and the Russell 2000, which is the small cap index, dropped almost 2%. I've been saying the economy is in fuego, on fire. Yes, I've been saying it. But even I was a little surprised at how good the numbers actually were. GDP rose 4.1% for the second quarter. Consumer spending was up 4% compared to an average of 2.4% over the past four quarters. And I'll talk about consumer spending in a second. What you're seeing is that business expansion is becoming more widespread and even capital spending added to the mix for the first time in nearly a decade. And that's been a major theme since the beginning of the year, increased capital spending. Businesses seem to be doing well at the same time the economy is, which isn't always the case. According to FactSet, nearly 85% of the S&P companies have reported positive earnings surprises, which is the highest percentage since they've been tracking it. And all this good news hasn't really lifted stocks all that much, which suggests to me that we are still stuck in the rut, the rut being this trading range that started back in February. My guess is that we'll break out of it sometime, who knows when, and will end the year at new highs. I just don't think we're ready to go there just yet. The market is still trying to understand what's going to happen with the trade wars, tariffs, rising interest rates. As a matter of fact, the Fed meets this week, and most people expect them to raise rates again come September, which would be the eighth time in a row that they've raised short-term rates since late 2015. But we're stuck in a rut. If you're a technician and you try and read the market tea leaves, you're probably at least a little bit concerned here because market breadth doesn't look all that rosy. Especially the tech stocks or Nasdaq, despite hitting new highs, only a little more than half of the stocks in that index are trading above their 200-day moving average. And for the S&P, it's even less than that. Add in the fact that Investors are getting a little too optimistic for my taste. So let's be cautious. Let's focus on good companies when they're, when they're trading below what we think they're worth. That's really important. You can have a good business and good prices, but you want to have both. You want a great business at a good price. If someone tells you prices don't matter, don't listen. Don't listen to them cover your ears up and go blah, 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 blah. Don't listen to them. Common sense will tell you that they absolutely do matter. Let me clarify what I mean here, because I think there's always some confusion about value and growth. You have basically two camps in investing, the growth folks and the value folks. If you were to ask someone off the street, which camp do you want to be in? Most people are going to hold up their hand and say, I want to be in the growth camp. Are you kidding me? I want my portfolio to grow. I want it to grow like a weed. Well, here's the thing both camps want growth. Of course, we want growth. Being a value guy, I'm just not willing to pay any price for that growth. I want a portfolio full of rapidly growing companies, but I want to pay reasonable prices for them. If you pay whatever the market wants you to pay, especially for companies that are viewed as hyper-growth companies, then you can get burnt and you can suffer a permanent loss of capital. That's a nice way of saying you can kiss your money goodbye. Understand, businesses that are in hyper-growth mode don't stay that way forever. Businesses that have these incredible growth rates invite competition. People see this rapidly growing area. It's going gangbusters. And you know what? They say, I'm going to start my own business to capture a share of the market, thereby cutting everyone's piece of the pie down. You get the idea. You just don't know when that's going to happen. But when it does, these stocks can get crushed. Your growth stock can go kaput don't think I'm a hater of rapidly growing businesses now. I'm not. I'm just cheap. I like my money too much to lose it. I've heard investors and even money managers say that you have to pay up for growth or else you'll never be able to get in this fantastic stock. And I think that's just nonsense too. I would love to own something like a Netflix symbol NFLX. Maybe not now, but I would much rather have bought it back in 2011 after it dropped more than 60% and it was trading at 15 times earnings with a return on equity approaching 50% and they were generating free cash flow rather than buying it a month ago when it was trading at nearly 200 times earnings with a 17% return on equity and generating negative free cash flow. Why did they go from positive free cash flow to negative free cash flow? Exactly what we've been talking about, competition. Competition has heated up with folks like Disney and and really practically everybody else starting their own over-the-top services. So Netflix has had to make some serious investments into their business, which may or may not pay off. That's just one example. My point is, is you can buy growing companies at reasonable prices if you're patient. And since I like my money, I want to buy really good businesses at reasonable prices. Sometimes you'll make a mistake. You're going to make errors. But it's very important that you don't ignore them and you let the small losses turn into big losses. It's called anchoring. When you buy a stock at 100 and it goes to 80, you tell yourself, well, I'll get out as soon as it gets back to 100. That way I'll break even and I'll feel okay about it. Well, you know what happens. You're stuck with dead money for a while. Realize that even the very, very best of investors, the legends, consider themselves successful if they get 60 or 70% of their purchases right. It really, when you think about it, it really isn't about being right or wrong. It's about your process, your research, and evaluating what you're doing on an ongoing basis. Sometimes having a good process can lead to a bad outcome, no doubt about it. And a bad process can sometimes lead to a good outcome. But over time, a good process is going to win out over a bad process. Let's talk about Synchrony Financial, symbol SYF. This is a stock that I said people should look at. It's a good company that's getting better. It's trading at a reasonable multiple to earnings and growing at a decent rate. But things change and you have to constantly reevaluate, as is the case with, with Synchrony Now. Again, symbol SYF. They announced that they were losing the Walmart account. Remember, Synchrony's relationships on average last well more than a decade and there's a high switching cost for leaving. So, this announcement was uh, this announcement that Walmart was switching to Capital One came as a surprise for a lot of people. And that means we need to go back and rethink our investment. I own I own Synchrony by the way. Initially, I thought that it came down to price. That's why they switched. I'm sure that had something to do with it, but Capital One could very well have a better technology and data platform. And if that's the case, then you would have to assume that Synchrony will lose the SAMS account too. In the short term, that's not as bad as it sounds because it frees up Capital and it ends up being accretive to SYF's earnings. But longer term, the picture gets blurry, and earnings will probably end up being flat for a while. Again, I want to own growing businesses. I still love the consumer finance stocks. And as I said earlier, consumer spending is up 4%, and people are using plastic to pay for their purchases. I'm not crazy about either Visa or MasterCard and it's for a real simple reason. These two have such a large percentage of the market that it's going to be hard for them to grow at above-average rates for a long term uh, for a long time. They can gain. Uh, they can't really gain market share because they have it all, and they aren't really cheap enough for me. My point in all this is is that you should stay focused on your process and constantly evaluate what you're doing. We need to step away for a short break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about some real dogs, the dogs of the Dow. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. We are back in a moment. You've worked hard, you've saved and invested, Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off. Now's the time to start planning for that future. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. No two people have the same goals and values. We can help you craft a framework for making a lifetime of smart financial decisions that's right for you. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Call us at 301-770-5234. Thank you, and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. If you want to get in contact with us, well, you can email us. Email us at podcast, which is plural, podcast, at xmlfg.com. Since it's the dog days of summer, let's talk about the dogs. The dogs of the Dow, that is. If you're unfamiliar, it's basically a value strategy that's been around for probably 30 years now. Although there are some variations of the strategy, it's basically when you buy the highest yielding stocks in the Dow and you hold them for a year. I'd actually advocate hold them for a year and a day so you get the potential long-term capital gains treatment. And then after a year, you reallocate or a year and a day, you reallocate. This is generally a long-term strategy that's worked pretty well over time. The assumption being That if they're in the Dow, then they're already a good quality company. And since they're the highest yielding among the constituents of the Dow, then those companies have been sold off for one reason or another, and you would expect them to bounce back as their businesses improve. And probably the most popular variant of this method, the method of the dogs of the Dow, is the dogs of the Dow 10, meaning the 10 highest yielding ones. And at the moment, you have Verizon, IBM, Pfizer, Exxon, Chevron, Merck, Coke, Cisco, Procter & Gamble, and almost no one's favorite, General Electric. Now, since I'm limited in my time here, I'm going to do some cherry picking. But if you've been listening for a while, you've heard some of the ones that I've talked about on the show here. As I say every week, you need to do your own research and make sure an investment is appropriate for you. You just don't buy something because you heard it on a podcast or you heard the good, uh, a really good story on TV. Remember what pub- Public Enemy said, don't believe the hype, do your own research. Let me start with the easy ones. Chevron symbol CVX and Exxon Mobil symbol XOM. I've been a big fan of the oil stocks for a better part of a year now, with Chevron CVX being my favorite, and it's been bouncing around between 122 and 127 on the high end for a good bit now. So, if it dropped back to 122, I suggest you take a look. You'd be collecting about a three and a half percent dividend with Chevron while you wait. Exxon, symbol XOM, doesn't really uh, thrill me, but it's just okay in my opinion. You also have the two drug stocks. I've been talking about uh, my favorable outlook for the drug stocks over the last couple of months, and the two that are in the Dow 10 are Pfizer, symbol PFE, and Merck, symbol MRK. My favorite between those two is Merck. I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with Pfizer, but it's a lot like Exxon Mobil. I just think it's just okay. My real favorite is Johnson & Johnson, symbol J&J, but that's the 11th highest yielding stock in the Dow, so I'm not able to talk about it today. Oops, I just did, but anyhow, another one I've talked about here is Cisco, symbol CSCO. It's trading around $42, $43, and it's paying a uh, better than a 3% dividend. I think Cisco is a good company, and it trades inexpensively. They've been growing their earnings at about 9% a year on average for the last 10 years, and they have a ton of cash on their balance sheets. And as you know, balance sheets matter. <laughs> a few weeks ago, there was news that Amazon, the great disruptor of all disruptors, well, Amazon was going to enter the sector and sell their version of routers and switches. And as you can imagine, the stock dropped almost immediately. Well, as it turns out, that wasn't true. But we can hope for another tweet. And I'd look at it if it went under $42 or about 16 times earnings. Procter & Gamble, Symbol PG trading around $80, $81, paying a 3.5% dividend. They were, as a matter of fact, they reported good earnings this morning. And this stock has had a nice little move over the last couple of months. Our buy price on it was about 70, I think it was $72. And if it gets back there again, I'd be a buyer. I'd start looking at it. I'm a believer we should be looking at adding defensive-type stocks when we can, not going overboard and loading up, but I think it makes a lot of sense to be adding them to your portfolio now. As you can tell, different value strategies can overlap. Out of the Dow 10, we've talked about maybe five of them over the last six months here on the show. Over time, I think this strategy works. With the Dow Tens, you know, with the Dow 10, it's a set and forget type investment strategy. And I prefer to, to be a bit more selective. Sometimes stocks are cheap because they deserve to be cheap. We all have different opinions and different tastes. But the important thing is is that you focus on receiving value for the money you spend or the dollars you invest. Well, we've about run out of time. This is Eric Whiteman, and until next Wednesday, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, They're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML financial group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no, you should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.